God will ask you to do something that feels too hard. It's just too hard. But you take one tiny step of yes, and all of the help from God just floods in to give you what you need. It wasn't on me to generate courage in my marriage. It was on me to say, with you I will. And it was huge. It changed everything. You're listening to God Hears Her, a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you, He sees you, and He loves you because you are His. Find out how these realities free you today on God Hears Her. Welcome to God Hears Her. I'm Erin Eddy. And I'm Elisa Morgan. When Jesus was on earth, he handled relationships and people with love. Always. He was able to love them despite their past mistakes or current problems. We know how hard it is to always love first in our relationships. When someone hurts us, we want to run away from them or fight with them. When someone leaves us, we want revenge or answers. What would it look like to love bravely in our relationships despite the past hurts or conflicts? Rob and Joanna Teagan both know what it looks like to love bravely. They have celebrated over 25 years of marriage and are loving life with two sons, three daughters, and a beautiful daughter-in-law. They serve as foster parents, marriage mentors, small group leaders, and authors that are passionate about helping couples, moms, and dads to experience the power of God in their families. We can't wait for this conversation to unfold on this episode of God Hears Her. Welcome. Rob and Joanna to our show. We are so excited to have you. We are so happy to be here. Yes, Thank so you very much. much. I want to know first, like, where did you guys grow up each individually? Mm-hmm. Where are y'all originally from? Right. Well, I, actually, that's part of our stories that overlap is we're from everywhere. <laughs> <You're> from <laughs> that's everywhere. true. We lived in Minnesota before I met you, and I lived in Wisconsin before I met him, and we mm-hmm. met at school. But both of us were very transient growing up. Our families moved all the time. I mean, oh. I've lost count of how many grade schools each of us went to, and so I think that almost helped us understand each other a little bit better. It's almost mm-hmm. like, a, in a way, a third culture life. Yeah. I mean, I'm not hearing you being expats out of the country, so to speak. Maybe that is part of your journey. But when you move around that transient way, the way you just described, Joanna, you do have a different skill you develop for how to enter a new world repeatedly. Mm-hmm. So tell us more, and then how did you meet each other? Yes, to settle down, we had to meet at Bible college. We had to go to Bible college and meet. And so it was funny because we were looking at the same two colleges. Uh, and one in Minnesota and one in Chicago. And we both ended up in Chicago. Right. And I think for me, what I've always felt is my sense of home isn't so tied to place. Mm. And I think when I met Rob, my sense of home was more about being tied to him. So where Rob is, home is. So. Oh, I love that. How old were y'all when y'all met? Our first date was on my birthday weekend when I turned 19. Mm. I was just a baby. Mm. Okay, so take <laughs> us back to that. Mm-hmm. So were you dating anybody at the time? Were you like on track of dating Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, but, I think we both yeah. entered Bible yeah. college pretty wary, mm-hmm. actually. Okay. I'd had some unhealthy dating relationships, and I was like, eh. Mm-hmm. And I was very new in my faith, too, and I didn't trust myself to make a good decision. Yeah. That was the, the joke was when we went on our first date, I made it really clear to her, this isn't a date, just friends. I know, 
way, great way to start off, right? But <laughs> yeah. the same Honest. thing. Yeah, the same thing. Yeah. You know, we just kind of in a bad relationship, and I just was, huh. I didn't want to mm-hmm. think it was going there, but it was pretty clear after the first date. And how right. long <sighs> after that did you become engaged? It was 10 months. Wow. So yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you really did. Right. Yeah. I am right. really struck by the comment that you made a few minutes ago that you felt like you'd found home. That is a powerful recognition. Did you know immediately that you had found home? You know, I did. And we actually met through mutual friends at a birthday party. And I remember sitting on the porch and we were just getting acquainted, but he was leaning toward me with these blue eyes, like honed in on me. And I had never had Mm. anybody that attentive and that sincerely interested in what I had to say Mm -hmm. and I knew right away like this is a safe person that Mm -hmm. can receive Mm -hmm. what I say and feel and everything else and it was almost like a voice in my ear where God's like he is for you Mm -hmm. because in myself I attracted the pushy domineering controlling self-serving kind of a guy that was kind of my Mm -hmm. bent and here's someone who's Mm -hmm. very sensitive and Mm -hmm. yeah just present Mm -hmm. I think that's why I leaned into her and listened to her so closely too. She was going to a previous college, a different college, and was saved. So she was a brand new Christian. And I grew up in a Christian home, and I knew all kind of the right answers, but here to see somebody who was Mm -hmm. so passionate in a fresh new way about their faith and Mm -hmm. and so honest and real. So I just felt like I was kind of staring into her soul when she was talking to me because she just Mm -hmm. had just a new love for Jesus and a new passion that I hadn't, I guess, seen before. In your own faith, were you hungry for that kind of freshness? Mm-hmm. I think I was, but mm-hmm. I didn't know it. At, mm-hmm. at the time, I didn't know it. I was just doing kind of what church kids do, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and I was always a rule follower. So I was always a the good kid. When I went off to Bible college, it was with that doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be a calling, but at the time I wasn't sure yeah. that's what it was about. And so here I saw somebody who was just following Jesus, not following the, a rule or following, but just following Jesus mm-hmm. into this new life. And so I was like, I need that. That's so beautiful, though. I mean, there is something to when you get almost in this routine of faith where you think that if I do all these right things, I check off all these boxes, but then you encounter somebody that is around your age that is so on fire for the Lord that it does this newness mm-hmm. in you. And what I think is really powerful to any woman that's listening is just hearing you, Rob, share how you were so attracted to her passion and fire for the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it was definitely God because I think we were so young and we didn't even know, you know, and of course, when we we got married, we learned a lot the hard way, I guess, you know, just in in life. And we had our unexpected blessing, our son, you know, earlier than we were expecting. So that brought a whole new, new level of learning into it. But that foundation of that passion for God is what what kept driving us. And are you both working or what are you doing with your time when you become pregnant and have a child? We're still in school. In school. So Mm -hmm. I'm still finishing up. Well, a little sideways in that story is we took a semester off after we got married just to get our bearings before we went back to school together. And God had made it very, very, very clear to me in that season that I wasn't supposed to go back and that my best work would be in supporting Rob and finishing. Mm. But I was so conflicted then with this Mm. pressure to please man over God, actually, because I'm like, well, everyone's going to say I dropped out of school for my boy. And that I kind of blew it. Mm. 
mm-hmm. you know, and that pressure to please and have the right appearance won out and I did get back to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that did not go well. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a mm-hmm. surprise? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that. I want to know more right. about that. Well, we went back and then we really, it had to be every man for himself. And we had a financial crisis and just everything that could have gone wrong seemed to go wrong. And so that semester, I got the best grades I ever got. Mm. But we were miles apart by the end of that semester. And I remember someone at my job, she didn't even know what she was saying to me. It was just the Holy Spirit in her. Mm. Joanna, if your husband's not your top priority, then something needs to change. Wow. And she didn't even know. Mm. And I went home and I said, Rob, I'm, I'm quitting school. I want to be here for you. I've mm. failed you in this way and disobeyed the Lord so clearly. Mm. And so I made that decision. And it's interesting because it was probably six weeks later we found out we were having our son. And I feel like that was God's mercy because I couldn't say, well, I had to quit school because we're having a baby. Yeah. He's like, no, you're quitting school out of obedience to me. Mm. Let's make that real clear. <laughs> yes. mm. Yeah. Mm. Wow. For a woman mm. listening who maybe is in school with her husband, do you think that's kind of an individual thing or God just made it so clear to you oh, that you needed absolutely. to do this? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah, this is one of those things that we all wrestle with. It's like, mm-hmm. is there a right way? And boy, am I messed up if I don't hear it? Oh, no. You know, and, oh, and we right. panic. True. I'm hearing you talk about it very personal. It was personal. Mm-hmm. And Rob in that whole season, he was nothing but supportive mm-hmm. of me. Mm-hmm. He saw more potential in me probably than I saw in myself Mm. and only wanted good for me and he was willing to sacrifice whatever he needed to do to Mm. help me achieve the goals in front of me but it was in my own heart. Mm -hmm. Take us forward into now you're in a marriage you have one child then you begin to have more children I'm guessing Mm -hmm. and what kind of work are you doing together and how is your marriage being shaped and how does God begin to move you into a unit that has a unique offering. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, I think as Joanna shares her struggle, I started entering into the career world Mm -hmm. and that became a drive too. And so I think that's the challenge, right? In marriage is Mm. that you have your individual struggles and your individual passions, and then you have to bring those together Mm. and find that common ground where you can come to the Lord together and seek his face together. But it's very easy to go our our own way and so as you know she had her seasons of wrestling and laying down that and I had to have my season so for me I got into the publishing world and I was traveling a lot and working hard in sales and yes we did keep having more kids I felt you know I saw that be fruitful and multiply I'm like there's a (laughs) command I can I can obey so we just started kept having so we had at this point, we had our son, and then we had a girl, and a girl, and a girl. Oh. And, yeah, but I was traveling a lot, and she was doing, mm. it seemed like a lot of times, like there were points in that where I was traveling 50% of the time. And so she was homeschooling some of that time and definitely felt like a single mother a lot of that time. I bet, yeah. And so even in that, it was a constant challenge because we had kind of started learning how to do everything separately separate you know world. she yeah. she mm-hmm. learned how to run the house without me and I'd come home and I'd be like how do I fit yeah. in here you know and I loved being with my kids so it was easy to connect with them but connecting to each other and all that was a challenge you know at times I remember with the with all the young kids and to the point where I finally laid that job down mm-hmm. and I took a job that required a lot less travel you know my upbringing too was my dad was always traveling and I thought I want to see my kids grow yeah. up and so, you know, I made that change, that sacrifice for, for my family and, and don't look back. It was a 
great decision. So so. And Joanna, how did you process him now stepping back in? Was there any resentment during his travels? I think it was kind of that whole frog in a pot analogy where Mm. we didn't realize just how destructive it really had been to have that level of separation and that level of independence from each other until it got to a point where we didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. You know, and we kind of had this epiphany like, wow, we're not where we need to be, but we don't actually know how to be partners anymore. And Mm. so leaving his job was truly sacrificial. He you loved your job and he shined in that job Mm. and it used his gifts in a really unique way that I just love to see. Mm. He got to travel the world. I mean, they were, it was a real sacrifice (laughs) and it meant leaving a part of the country because we were in the Pacific Northwest, which is stunningly beautiful. So it was quite profound to me that he would be willing to do that for us. But then we felt like we had to go back and relearn how to do this I'm thing. Sure. You know? Probably yeah. had to date each other again. Yeah. We did. Yeah. We Where called it, it do-it-yourself marriage counseling. So I we love would that. go to a <laughs> coffee shop. And actually, in the beginning, it involved sitting there and just having these extended conversations of confession. Like, this is how I wasn't there for you. That is gutsy. Wow. This is how I, oh. I've actually been resentful of you about such and such. And it was it went both ways. Did you have any rules around that? Because awesome. when my husband and I <laughs> try to do that, you know, we might slip into the, don't you say that to me? And what about you? And, you know, we kind of <laughs> have to have ground rules. Did you guys just easily go, oh, I forgive you. And now your turn. Or, you know, what did that look like? At first, we didn't always. There are wounds anytime you're doing that. But we did, over time, after enough fights, kind of learn to not do the attack, but mm-hmm. more of the how I feel, Confession. how this is making mm-hmm. me feel, what this is doing to me, rather than you're doing this and we cut the always and never Mm -hmm. out of it. Mm -hmm. That was huge. I think it's so easy to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're in that relationship tension of, you know, you always do such and such and you never do such and such. And so cutting that out of just those two things alone, open the door for communication. I'm hearing this beautiful honesty and an intentionality and a courageousness to look at where you are. You know, I I think a lot of us stop looking. We don't ask that question, how did we get here? We just think we're here, Mm -hmm. we're done. And I mean, this is a a little bit of an ignorant thing to say, but sometimes people say, well, have you stayed married? And I say, we stayed. Mm -hmm. I don't mean that in a simplistic way because it often is not the answer. But I'm hearing that under the surface of your commitment, too, is is you stayed, you watched, you looked, you examined, you analyzed, you took responsibility, you sacrificed, you talked, you shared, you confessed. I mean, this is a lot of hard work, you know, and you stayed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we did have that commitment early on. We won't talk about divorce. We will be committed, Mm -hmm. but it goes deeper than that because there are times where the covenant of marriage is all you have to hold on to. You know, it just, it it is hard. Life is hard, Mm -hmm. but we also remind each other God had more Mm -hmm. intended for us Mm -hmm. than, you know, even in our, our covenant relationship that he has where he's so faithful with us, he has more in mind than just it, we're in a covenant, you know, we're, right. we're stuck. He wants abundant <laughs> life for us, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have to remind each other when we're in those points that we don't want to stay there. Like yeah. sometimes the covenant holds us together, even when we're fighting against each other. 
but we don't want to just stay there. We want an abundant marriage. We want a lively marriage. We believe that's what God wants for us too. That's what we're fighting for. We're not fighting just to hold it together. I think sometimes that can be just as challenging. Like if you just say, well, divorce is off the table and that can be an excuse, you know, to not do the work to love each other. You're right. You come to a crossroads of I'm going to stay, but then there's another crossroads of I'm going to love. And that's where a lot of that sacrifice comes in. I I really appreciate too, that you just said in those points, you didn't say at that point, you know, so did you ever round back to this? Yeah. Lots of these points. Yeah. You know, time and again, we're, we're still not where we want to be. Oops. Now we've slid off from where we want to be. Oops. Now we're pointing the wrong direction from where we need to go. Yes. Yeah. Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated 30 years of marriage. Congratulations. And Joanna tells people she's been happily married for 10 years. No, (laughs) I'm kidding. No, no. no. But she's like, it's 15. (laughs) Maybe 20. (laughs) Yes. And so you're right. Our marriage is kind of built in seasons and we have had hard seasons with our kids and we've had hard seasons with each other. We've had seasons where one of us is really struggling and the other doesn't know how to come alongside each other and, yeah. and that can pull you apart. So it definitely is a journey. I love that you pointed out like there's just different seasons in marriage. And I think there can be this misconception that you can mistake your feelings for truths, especially in marriage, mm-hmm. where you start allowing your feelings to go a certain way and take you down a path that's unsafe mm-hmm. and It's like abort mission and (laughs) you ignore all the signs Mm -hmm. of caution to go down those thoughts. Would you share maybe some advice or some thoughts that you have or that you've learned from your story and when you've recognized that your feelings are taking you down a path that needs to abort mission? I would say for me, I didn't even know it when we got married, but I brought into our marriage a pretty deep-seated fear of abandonment. And so when that's a core fear, you run everything that your husband is saying and doing through that filter, maybe this is going to lead to abandonment. Even though Rob has never given me any concern that he's going to break our vows, it's it's not rational, but that was what was driving a lot of my responses to yeah. him. And that can feel so real mm-hmm. and oh, so, so much. true. Right. Because it's so built into so many of us. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you throw in physical absence or mm-hmm. parenting stress or setbacks or whatever, and you just feed it. And so my response to fear of abandonment is self-protection. And so Rob would just wonder across the course of our marriage, why when we're divided over something, why does she run away? Like, mm-hmm. why does Joanna head for the hills? See you later, honey. <laughs> because it's like, yeah, yeah it's like mm-hmm. a fight or flight response, right? Mm-hmm. And that was my response to that fear getting poked at was mm-hmm. guardedness. And so having to break down my walls of self-protection to even begin to work on healing with each other was a slow grow, let mm-hmm. me tell you. Yeah. And I'm just grateful that God at least allowed me to see it. So even now, if I notice that tendency, it doesn't have to take over and run the show. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that example. Mm-hmm. And we all have those escape hatches you know, mm-hmm. that, that we think we should dive down. And we typically think of things like an inappropriate relationship. We bite off a spot and run to a place that creates separation rather than intimacy. And it's not very obvious. It's kind of blinky. You know, it, it just, you don't yeah. really know it's there and it can mm-hmm. sure take over. But when I'm in self-protective mode, I'm not even thinking 
how can I love Rob today? Mm -hmm. And there was a day it kind of came to a head where God's like, Joanna, what would happen if you loved Rob in a way as if you weren't afraid, even if you are? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What would it look like to love him bravely, Hmm. even if the emotion is still present? Can you do that? Can you move toward him? Can you be warm toward him? Can you intentionally meet his needs but do it scared? Can you do it scared? Mm, Yes. And I said, I don't think I can, but I want to with you. Mm -hmm. And it was really amazing to me. And I've seen this over and over. God will ask you to do something that feels too hard. It's just too hard. But you take one tiny step of yes, and all of the help from God just floods in to give you what you need. It wasn't on me to generate courage in my marriage. It was on me to say, with you, I will. And it was huge. It It changed everything. When we come back, Rob will share how he reacted to Joanna retreating from him. They'll also share how your own soul care and trust in God can lead to healthier and more committed relationships. Hey there, God Hears Her recently celebrated its 100th episode. If you missed it, you can find our conversation on our God Hears Her website or anywhere you listen to podcasts. For the 100th episode, we created a fun God Hears Her package just for you. Check out our website for a limited edition God Hears Her tote bag filled with our three devotional books, a notebook, stickers, and a lot of other stuff. You can order this set on our website, godhearsher.org slash shop. That's godhearsher.org slash shop. Let's rejoin Rob and Joanna Teagan on this episode of God Hears Her. Sliding over to your side Mm -hmm. then, Rob, I'm assuming you know what she's talking about here. (laughs) A little bit, a little bit. I've spent a lot of those 30 years, you know, knocking on that bathroom door. Hello? (laughs) Uh, Are are we okay? Are you still in there? Yeah. Is the window open? Did you leave? (laughs) (laughs) So when the door cracks open and, you know, you see her trying to love you bravely, what happens inside of you? I think at first I put my own walls up, mm-hmm. you know, is this real? And I think you do some of those dances enough in your marriage mm-hmm. where, you know, the trust mm-hmm. comes down. And I do tend to be the kind of the pleaser personality and so, and the peacemaker, you know, when it's in the spirit. And so I always wanted to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. Didn't necessarily want to dig deep, but I just mm-hmm. didn't want there to be conflict, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And so... The difference, I think, with Joanna is she did always want to go deeper. Mm. So when she wrestled with those feelings and emotions and stuff, then she would come towards me. As a guy, I'm like, you know, okay, like, let's patch this up. Yeah. But let's, let's not go let's too not go far. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. fix this, but yeah. let me yeah, exactly. determine how we you know, fix it. Let's right, open the, right. the bathroom door and let's right. go out for dinner, but let's not, you know, <laughs> cry on the, the floor yeah. or anything, you know. <laughs> and it's giving each other grace Mm -hmm. to be able to do that, to work on it together, but also give each other space to work on what that person needs to work on. And I think for us who do tend to be a little bit perfectionistic and like things buttoned up, that's hard Mm -hmm. to give the grace and do the work. But it's important, again, to not just have the covenant of marriage, but all the benefits that come from Mm -hmm. a covenant of the rich, the laughter Mm -hmm. and the joy and those Mm -hmm. things too. I know that God has called you to certain work of marriage 
and family. And I appreciate the depth of this conversation. And I'm hearing, too, that even though you celebrated 30 years of marriage, you're still doing the work. Mm-hmm. Right? How has doing the work or having the work done shaped your offering in these seasons of investing in marriages? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we didn't seek out to become authors and to necessarily do what we're doing. God opened doors that we didn't feel worthy to go through a lot of times. Mm. And I think our tagline for our ministry to families is caring for the soul of your family. Mm. And that is a daily work. You know, when you've got five kids and a marriage and life, it is a daily working when you have somebody's soul. And that's kind of what marriage is. That's what parenting is. I mean, you've kind of been given somebody else's soul to care for. I don't think we look at it that way very often. We don't. That's such a beautiful way to see that. I I remember when Evan and I were in marriage counseling, our counselor would sit down with us and he'd go, how are you doing, Evan? He'd look at me and go, how are you doing, Elisa? And then he'd look in between us at the space, how's your marriage? And he taught us, every time he started that way, that the marriage was its own entity, which is what I'm hearing you talk about Mm -hmm. is the soul of the family, and that you've Mm -hmm. been asked to steward that. It profoundly changed us. Instead of us being so at each other, we began to back away from each other and look at the marriage together. And that's kind of what I'm hearing you talk about here. It's a very Mm -hmm. respectful exercise where you finally see something beyond us, which is that it's its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's such a beautiful Mm -hmm. visual analogy. Mm -hmm. You start to pursue writing. Is Mm -hmm. that right? So you just decided you're just going to go into the writing space. Well, I worked in Christian publishing, so that was kind of my world. And it kind of happened by accident. I (laughs) was in sales and I had some accounts and I knew some things that they like, you know, and so it actually started in 09 with joke books. I started writing joke books and <laughs> those kind of took off. And so of course, as publishing works, it's like, what else do you have, you know? <laughs> and I didn't have a lot <laughs> in my in my bank, but Joanna's actually the gifted writer. She is an amazing writer and I just get to kind of tag along in her coattails. So mm-hmm. I, I have lots yeah. of ideas, but I wanted to do a book for dads and daughters. Mm. And so we wrote a book together called 88 Great Daddy-Daughter Dates. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple book on ideas for dads to connect with their daughters with some conversation starters and different things. And and then God just kept opening doors. At that same time was when we started the foster care journey. Mm -hmm. What brought that about? You know, we had such a shared heart for children, even when we met. So we would even talk when we were dating and engaged, like someday, wouldn't it be amazing to be foster parents and potentially adopt? Mm -hmm. And maybe when our youngest is five. And so we actually moved to Michigan when our daughter was five. And I don't even know how we got on the mailing list of the foster agency, but we started getting mail inviting us to info sessions. And our kids would follow us around the house with the postcard. Well, you guys have to go. Like even our kids, they just had this sense of passion for loving little babies. And so at that point, we didn't actually intend to adopt whatsoever, but we did get our foster license and we started caring for little ones. And then a little baby boy was placed in our home, mm. who is now our son, oh. through a long and crazy road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we say, and as far as how that relates to our writing, that was God's school of prayer for Rob and me. It's not that we hadn't prayed together before, but when you're in a situation that's that tender and where 
you're that in love with a little child, but have no influence over their future. And every single day, you have to put this child in God's hands in a completely new way than you've ever had to before. It really changed us. And so much of our writing now comes out of that season of just intensive daily prayer. Mm -hmm. And I love that that now has shaped our relationship. Our son is now 11. So this is a lot of years of learning prayer with one another. And in that too, we found that so often in marriage, right? And in parenting, you you do come to the end of yourself. For us, it happened to be through foster care, mm-hmm. but it's going to happen in any context yep. for any couple, it right? Yep, yep, yep. Guarantee. Um, <laughs> right. Yep. And so to discover when God said he's listening and he said he's present and that he's going to enter into this with you and every promise he ever made, he meant it. Mm. <laughs> and you can pray his words to him out of scripture. That has been life-changing for the two of us as a couple. Yeah, I remember very distinctly, we were actually writing these prayer books when we were doing the foster care and he came into our home at two months and wasn't adopted until three and a half. And so it was it was a long journey. And we were going through just some various challenges with our kids at that point and, you know, trying to write these prayers and just felt like we were right on the battlefield. And I just very distinctly remember God saying you the same heart and attitude you have that Mm. you're praying for your foster kid Mm. is the same heart and attitude. You feel out of control in the situation where you know tomorrow you don't know the future of this mm-hmm. and it's the same these these are my kids yeah. and the best thing you can do is put them in in my hands and and that's kind of what wrote these books i guess or what the heart of these books were written out of and that changed us but it really yeah, it changed our prayer life because we realized that we have to take our hands off the reins and that's so hard to do. But prayer is what keeps bringing us back to that reality. I am hearing this calling that God has put on your lives from early, early, early on. And it's a, a calling to care for the soul. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing just from this short conversation. And you cared for your own soul, you know, Joanna, and how you passionately fell in love with God and, and you cared for your soul, Rob, and how you were so attracted to that. And then you began to care for the soul of your marriage and very intentionally grow it and risk it bravely. And then caring for the souls of your children, the souls of your family, the soul of your family, the souls of foster. It's so memorable. Could I just invite you to speak some words to all who are listening, me and Aaron too, that God's desire, like you were about his children, you know, God's desire for the soul caring Mm -hmm. that he's called us all to? Well, God is the lover of our soul. And I feel like for me, the best way to care for the souls of my loved ones is to give them to him, you know, whether that's in prayer. (laughs) I mean, that's huge. Even in having a mindset toward my family, like what is Jesus' mindset toward my family? Mm -hmm. You know, he's for them. And he says, love always hopes. Well, how many times do you feel like giving up on people, right? Oh, my kid, he's going in this direction. This cannot end well. What in the world could possibly turn them around? Well, love always hopes Mm -hmm. because we serve a God who's bigger, Mm -hmm. you know, and just to hold faith that God isn't done. You just can't see what's coming, how this could possibly work out. And then depending on him to supply the long suffering and the hope and the uh, bearing with each other and saying, I don't really like who you are right now, but what I'm looking at isn't what God sees when he looks at you. Lord, Mm -hmm. give me your eyes that 
you have for my husband. You know, even give me your eyes for how you see me, mm-hmm. right? Ooh, um, good. Mm-hmm. Good so it isn't even that we're excellent at caring for souls, but God is. How can we go with him in that? I love how Rob and Joanna shared the vulnerabilities within their marriage and how they worked through their hardest moments as a couple to cultivate a family that prioritizes prayer and soul care. Yeah, they wove such a beautiful story of ups and downs in marriage and relationships. Well, before we close out today's episode of God Hears Her, we want to remind you that the show notes are available in the podcast description and there is a link to check out the Tegan's website and their books. You can also connect with Elisa and me on social. All of this is on our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, God hears you. He sees you. And he loves you because you are his. Today's episode was engineered by Ann Stevens and produced by Daniel Ryan Day and Jade Gustafson. We also want to recognize Judy and JR for all their help and support. Thanks, everyone. God Hears Her is a production of Our Daily Bread Ministries.